We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Wednesday, December the 16th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on December 16th, 2000, President-elect George W. Bush, he selected Colin Powell to become the first African-American Secretary of State. Colin Powell was a Republican back in those days. Now he's a Democrat says he doesn't agree with much of anything that the Republican Party stands for. Sad, tragic, disappointing. Today in 1773, the Boston Tea Party took place. American colonists were fed up with taxes and other um, inconveniences, as one of them called it, from the king in England. They boarded a British ship. They dumped more than 300 chests of tea into Boston Harbor to protest at that particular moment, tea taxes. It was building. 1776 was coming. Today in 1809, the French Senate granted a divorce decree to Emperor Napoleon and Empress Josephine. Napoleon didn't want to be married to Josephine any longer. There's quite a story behind that. I'm certainly not going to get into that today, but it's, it's very interesting. Today in 1811, the first of the powerful New Madrid, that's what they called them, earthquakes, struck central Mississippi Valley. People just didn't and don't associate earthquakes with Mississippi Valley, but this one was estimated 7.7 magnitude. That was 1811. Today in 1944, the World War II Battle of the Bulge began. German forces launched a surprise attack against Allied forces in Belgium and Luxembourg. Today, in 1950, President Harry S. Truman proclaimed a national state of emergency in order to fight his words, quote, world conquest by communist imperialism. Maybe we need to reread some of what Harry Truman said in that speech. China seems to be alive and well, the Communist Party in China. And we should be watching them very closely, not taking checks from them as Hunter Biden has been doing. Today in 1980, Harlan Sanders, founder of the Kentucky Fried Chicken Restaurant Change, died in Shelbyville, Kentucky. He was 90 years old. In his later life, Harlan Sanders, he had a little bit of a sketchy, I mean, he had a hard time. He was in and out of a lot of things over his life. You may have read his story. But in his later life, he really committed his life to the Lord. He got saved, accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. I actually knew his pastor that became his pastor in in Harlan's later years. I never met Harlan Sanders, but I've eaten a lot of his chicken, probably too much of his chicken. But his pastor said he really made a commitment to God in his later years. He died today in 1980. Remember, I just had a flashback. Will you indulge me for a moment? 
Um, one of the first, it may have been the first, but it was one of the first franchise restaurants of Kentucky Fried Chicken was in Yakima, Washington, my hometown where I was born. And it was like on 40th, um, was it Morton or Harmon? Harmon owned that Harmon's Kentucky Fried Chicken. Man, my mom and dad loved that place. And we used to go out there and it was packed with people, especially on Sundays. They would go to eat there and we'd see, you know, lots of people from different churches, many of whom we knew. But my memory of that is um, the chicken was great. And, and everybody liked it. But my memory of that was they had a little chicken. We didn't have Xbox in those days. I was fairly young. It was in the 50s. And um, <clears throat> they would pull this chicken around in that restaurant, and it would cluck, you know, they on a string. And one of the servers in there would, then there were a lot of them because the place was packed. They would pull that thing around, and it would cluck all the way through the deal. It was kind of wooden. It had wheels on it. And when the wheels, when the thing was pulled and the wheels turned, you know, you know you've seen it. Little wings would flap, and it would cluck. I think that was one of the first franchises um, in the country. Because my, and I could be wrong, but it seems to me that Harmon was a friend of Sanders. And Sanders was just getting, I think Sanders launched his KFC, the Kentucky Fried Chicken chain, in the early 50s, like 51, 52, and this was right around that time. Anyway, that's a memory. Um, Pardon me if you don't care about Kentucky Fried Chicken, but I kind of did. But anyway, today in 1991, the UN General Assembly rescinded its 1975 resolution equating Zionism with racism by a vote of 111 to 25. I got this letter from a doctor, a medical doctor, and his wife. Dear Gary, we make sure to catch your program every morning. Please continue to bring us the truth about what's really happening in our country. It's hard to find anyone who is not on the communist Chinese payroll. I'm praying that the massive election fraud will be brought to light and President Trump will serve a second term. God bless you and guide you in your ministry. Thank you so much for your kind words and thank you for your prayers. And to this couple, thank you for your support. And to all of you who support this ministry. I've said it so often that people quote it back to me, but we wouldn't be here without you and without your support. Thank you. Our address is Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009, Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can go to our website, and it's Faith and Freedom, A-N-D, Freedom, all one word, dot U-S. And um, the page that comes up will be an article that I wrote that day, if it's a weekday, and if it's a weekend, it'll be the one I wrote on a Friday. And you'll see at the top of that first page a little tab that says Donate. Just click that, and you're in, and you can make a contribution online. But thank you for your support. We need it. These are these are unusual times, difficult times, trying times. A lot is going on in our world today, and we're trying to the best of our ability every day. That's why we originate live every morning, 9 o'clock. Some of you hear it a little bit delayed, but it's it's current. And we're trying to stay on this stuff and talk about it from a biblical 
perspective. Yesterday, Jenna Ellis, senior legal advisor to the Trump campaign, she is the senior advisor. I want to talk a little bit more about her in a moment. But she urged Colorado lawmakers at an election integrity hearing, that was yesterday, to launch an investigation into the irregularities around the Colorado's mail-in voting system and the county's use of Dominion Voting Systems platform. She said that Dominion voting machine software altered the result of the presidential election in a number of states and that these concerns should be grounds for an investigation in Colorado to give voters their confidence that the election was free and fair. She makes a good point because a lot of people, myself included, are deeply concerned going forward. If you take Trump out of the equation and uh, for the moment, it's important to America that we believe and know that our elections are as free and, and as untainted as possible. Because our whole democracy, the democratic process of election in America, is built upon trust and integrity. And if that's gone, America, as we know it, is gone. And there are those who are working behind the scenes to make that happen. Because they hate America. They hate what it stands for. They hate the people that founded it. I'm not, like, stretching to, you know, I'm not assuming this. They say that regularly. And the news regularly reports their comments. She said, Jenna Ellis told the the uh, Colorado lawmakers, she said, quote, if you genuinely do not have or do have nothing to hide, and this committee is surely concerned about protecting the integrity of the vote in Colorado, then it's incumbent upon this body to investigate. She said, we don't know if it's happening in Colorado. Wouldn't you like to find out? There was a lot more interaction there and back and forth, but the, she was, the basis of what she was saying to them was this report that came out. Um, it's based on an examination of this Dominion platform, this voting machine, in Antrim County, Michigan. And they concluded that on Monday of this week, day before yesterday. And they concluded that the software, these these experts, tech guys, was intentionally and purposefully designed with inherent errors to create systematic fraud and influence election results. That was their findings. And they're a third party. This Russell Ramsland, Jr., He's a co-founder of this Allied Operations Group. That's the, uh, the company that did the forensic testing on these machines. The rest of the machines have been kept away from anybody that wanted to uh, investigate them. As this Jenna Ellis was making the case to Colorado yesterday that they should investigate these machines. As it turned out, after all of that and the evidence that she presented from this company the lawmakers, not all of them, of course, some of them wanted very much to investigate their machines. But a majority of the lawmakers voted yesterday in Colorado, no, we don't want to investigate our machines. And that's the problem. There are people across this country in these various states who do not want fair and legal and honest elections. They want to be able to manipulate them. And they were manipulated in some instances that I think to a great extent in this last. And I'm not saying that in defense of Trump. I'm saying it in defense of America. 
So this Russell Ramsland Jr., he's made a, a terrific case. He just reported what they found. He said, this is it. These machines have been set up. He said, here's how it works, and I'll try to give it to you. I mean, I'm not a tech guy at all. I, <laughs> The guys at ACN know how tech-challenged I really am. When they tell me, they said, well, sometimes they'll say, well, you'll find a, a wire there in your studio and just take it out and plug it into thing over there. And I, man, I'm, I'm going, what, what, what? And so I'm tech-challenged, so but I'll try to explain to you what they're saying. What they're saying is this Ramsland and another guy is saying that the electronic ballots uh, on these are intentionally generated with an enormously high number of ballot errors. In other words, they want to create errors in the ballot processing. Now, we used to go in and vote in these, you know, at the local precinct and, and so on. We'd mark our ballots, and they were there, and they would go, and they would gather them and lock them up in a box, and they would count them. Well, now we've gone to computers. The mail-in voting is a different issue, but it's the, the result is the same. But on the machines, when they process these, they just run them through machines, and they actually don't count your ballot. They count a copy of your ballot, and that's important. So what happens is they run these through, and these machines are set up with, I don't know, algorithms or some kind of a SETI to where there's a built-in error um, dynamic. And so <laughs> these errors take place. At the end of that, uh, they do a bulk adjudication of all of the, the, the millions of ballots that have been run through these machines all across the country. There's 28, 28 states use these. And they do, then they adjudicate the ballots. There's no oversight when they do that. These people are all over the counting and all that. And we see these pictures and all of the back and forth. And they lock out the Republicans and all that. But there is a point where they adjudicate these and they go through and they correct the errors, quote unquote. That's done in privacy. And I believe it's premeditated. And I believe that the system has been set up for this. There's no transparency. There's no oversight. And even more importantly, there is no audit trail. This leads to a haven for anyone who wants to fiddle with an election. Dominion is denying this. They're denying it strongly. Yesterday, they said there, there were no software glitches that switched votes in Antrim County or anywhere else. Well, there was, and they know it. I think... It was, I think it's a setup. I really do. How extensive it is, I don't know. And I wouldn't say that. If you listen to this program a lot, you know that I don't take off on, you know, kind of extremist type views. But I, I, I in my heart, I've done so much research on this since this whole issue came up some months ago. The mail-in ballots, the, now these machines set up, you know, for a high percentage of errors, 68.5, I think it is, or something like that, error rate. But then they say, oh, well, but we, we're all set up to correct those errors. Well, why would they set it up for errors in the first place if they didn't want to use the correction aspect for some kind of manipulation of the vote count? So that's... 
that's my best shot at telling you technically what's going on up there with with this. But it's real. It is going on. And there are a lot of people much more savvy than myself that are saying, yeah, we've got a real problem with these machines. And the machines are manipulated primarily around the state, uh, each of the 28 states, not all, but mostly all, by Democrats. So you can fill in the blanks. But speaking of this Jenna Ellis, who is she? She just kind of come on the scene. I mean, the last couple of months or so, she's become very prominent. In fact, she's become kind of a celebrity among conservatives. They really like her. She's young. She's dynamic. She's smart. I'd like to talk to you a little bit about her today. I'd like to talk to you a little bit about someone else that most of you, if you're a Christian, have heard of. Many, Perhaps you follow her writings and have read her books. But we hear about the conflict in our culture so much. It's Sometimes it's characterized as a conflict between Democrats and Republicans, sometimes between conservatives and liberals and conservatives and progressives and so on. And we talk about that all the time on this program because it's ripping the very fabric of our nation apart. And it's very important. And it's a godly, righteous issue. Because God has called us to be stewards of what he has given us. And he has given us much in America. And we are called to be stewards of his. And keep that in mind. But let's have some straight talk about what's really going on in our culture today. Trump lawyer Jenna Ellis says, quote, My life is in service and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. So whatever anybody else says about me really doesn't bother me. It's good that that's her position, and she's profoundly committed to Jesus Christ. Comes from a strong Christian family. She was homeschooled. She was outstanding student in law school. She now has been chosen by President Trump as his senior legal advisor for the Trump campaign. Christian author and speaker Beth Moore is calling on Christians to reject Christian nationalism and Trumpism She's calling it both, I'm quoting her, seductive and dangerous to the faith. And she's saying a whole lot about any effort to try to get to the bottom of the corruption in our voting. Let me talk to you for a moment about Jenna Ellis first. CBN, Dave Brody, he's interviewed me a couple of times, really a good journalist. He's had a lot of experience, deeply committed Christian, works for CBN. He published a very inspiring article about this Trump lawyer, Jenna Ellis. She's risen to national prominence. I don't have time to go through all of it, but I'd like to touch on a little bit of it. And you can go to our website, faithandfreedom.us, and I've got links to various things. And I wrote an article about her and about this today. And uh, there's much more there than what we have time to get into on this program. But um, I would encourage you to do so. But she's become a, a real just... People like her. Christians like her because of her spirit, her ability. She's just deeply, and she loves the Lord with all of her heart. So she, But she's become a target for the secular progressive left. And that includes some who identify as Christian left. I can't understand that. I've talked about it a number of times on this program. And as God permits us to continue daily, we'll probably talk about it in the future because they are undermining the work of the Lord 
by taking the position that they're taking because by default, even though they say the Christian left, they don't support the far-left politicians who will set the policies and set the tone for America. They do by opposing people who will stand for the policies, whether it's Donald Trump or whomever. It doesn't matter who it is. What matters is the position that they're taking is destructive. And I personally believe that they will give an account to God to the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ, not the great white throne judgment. I believe they will give an account. I believe they'll be asked about this because it is contrary to biblical teaching and it's contrary to what God has called us to do. He's not called us to be politicians. Some he has, but he has called us to be responsible and to be stewards of what he has given to whom much has been given, much is required. There's never been a nation so blessed, so free, so prosperous in the history of the world than the United States of America. And we know the history, hopefully. And we try daily on this program to teach a little bit more about the history of America as it relates to the Word of God. This nation was founded on the Bible, on the Word of God. Not, not as a theocracy, but it was founded on the principles of God's Word. There's been no other nation in history that's done anything close to what happened with our founders and this nation. So there is a responsibility there. So anyway, she's become the target of these people. She's an interesting kid. I mean, she's 34, I think, now. But an overview shows that she grew up in a devoutly Christian homeschooling family in Colorado. The Ellis home was a non-denominational, still is, evangelical one. That led Jenna to accept Jesus Christ as her Savior when she was very early age. She was baptized when she was 12. Her homeschooling allowed her to become involved in a civic group that taught about the government and the court system. She said as she began to learn as a kid, she said, I was hooked. She said, she told Dave Brody at, at CBN, she said, I knew I wanted to be a lawyer from the time I was 14. At 16, though, her life hit a real painful turn. She was sexually abused. She had to go before the court. It was not pretty. She had to go before the court, publicly give all the details. She said it impacted her. She still carries part of that in her heart today. But she said, although it was very difficult, she said, God worked things for his good, as he always does. A few years later, she was a student at Cedarville University, and that court trial that she had testified in several years earlier as a younger kid, she said she won a monetary civil suit from that sexual assault case. She said, I felt like at the time it was kind of like dirty money. So she said, I, I, I prayed about it. She said, I decided I didn't want to keep the money. And it was a pretty good sum, a lot, in fact. So she gave the money to set up a scholarship endowment to the benefit to benefit future students wishing a career in law. And that is there today. It's called the Jenna Lynn Ellis Award. She went from Cedarville to pursue a degree at journalism at Colorado State University, then on to law school at the University of Richmond, none of which are Ivy League schools, of course. There she began what would become her career, a focus on the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. Her legal career has led her through a number of, of jobs and associations. She was public policy director with Jim Dobson, 
James Dobson Family Institute uh, for a while. She's been involved with well-known evangelical lawyers, their defense of Christian rights and beliefs, and so on. But earlier this month, the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal both published articles questioning the depth of her constitutional law credentials, because she isn't from a, quote, Ivy League school, like she's supposed to be. They said at one point that she is, quote, not the seasoned constitutional law expert she plays on TV. But she is, and she's deeply committed. She's now receiving daily threats, including death threats. Why? Well, you can guess, because she's representing Donald Trump. And that justifies anything that anybody says or does from the left. She says she knows that, she said, if I was a Democrat defending left-wing, far-left politicians and policies, she said, I'd probably be a rock star 34 years old, she said, here I am defending the President of the United States. She said, if it, were a, if it were a Democrat in Democrat circumstances, she said, I wouldn't be getting death threats, and she wouldn't. She says the personal attacks have been hard, but she says, that's where, that's where it causes me to consistently draw closer to God. She said, I love the Psalms. She said, when King David talks about all the attacks and everything, she said, he finds solace and comfort in the Lord. He knows that God is the only one that matters at the end of the day. She believes in President Trump, believes there was, in fact, corruption in the election. She said, my security is 100% in God and who I am in the Lord. That's what gives me courage to go forward and know that I'm doing the right thing. I'm secure in God. I'm completely dedicated to him. End of quote. But author and public speaker Beth Moore is calling on Christians to reject the very thing that Jenna is committed to doing. Sunday, Beth Moore took off on on Twitter. She tweeted, I do not believe these are days for mincing words. She said, I'm 63 and a half years old and I have never seen anything in these United States of America I found more astonishing, seductive, and dangerous to the saints of God than Trumpism. The Christian nationalism is not of God. Move away from it. Then she continued, Fellow leaders, talking about Christian leaders, authors like herself and pastors, I suppose, we will be held responsible for remaining passive in this day of seduction to save our own skin while the saints we've been entrusted to serve are being seduced, manipulated, used in all capital letters, and stirred up into a lather of zeal devoid of the Holy Spirit for political gain. She said, God help us. We don't turn from Trumpism to Bidenism. We do not worship flesh and blood. We are the church of the living God. We can't sanctify idolatry by labeling a leader our Cyrus. We need no Cyrus. We have a king. His name is Jesus. Well, of course we do. But she is calling for people to abdicate any stand for righteousness in a culture that is going to hell in a handbasket. She's wrong. She's dead wrong. Don't follow her and don't be influenced by her. Last summer, a number of Christian women authors wrote her a personal letter. And Beth Moore is calling for straight talk. She's getting it. They were expressing concern about her, how she's so silent on some of the most important issues, like homosexuality. She's close friends with Jen Hatmaker and and others who are advocating for the LGBTQ community. That's straight talk. I'm out of time, but I'll continue this tomorrow. 
I'll see you then. And thank you. Thank you for being with us today. We'll continue this conversation right here tomorrow.